1: What's going on, lacrosse fans, classmates, if you will, Lax Class is back in session, and it's a big one this week right here on Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. Episode 100 about to come your way, as it's Jake Elliott and Brad are back with you on a Tuesday here for another edition of Lax Class. Bradley, welcome back to the podcast. Episode 100. I cannot believe it. We are here. It's a big one and uh should we let, just let the fans know right off the top what's going down for episode 100
2: John grant junior ladies and gentlemen I cannot be more <laughs> I cannot be more excited man and we kicked it around last week what we were gonna do for episode 100 and yeah we could have run some highlights of, of past great interviews but they're all available there for you guys so just scroll down on this Apple feed and you've got. Jake and Evan with Lyle Thompson, uh Jake and Charlie with with Cody Jamison, Jake and Evan with Dan Dawson earlier. Like there's some great interviews if you scroll back uh through this feed right now on on Spotify or Well, on hang on, Brad. Hang on a second because we're website wherever
1: you are. Let's just remember here, Bradley, that uh we did make the switch from Lacrosse All-Stars to Lacrosse Flash. So there's actually two separate feeds of Shows. If you search Lacrosse Classified, you will probably find the old feed, the old RRS feed of all the old shows. You can search those up, but it will be two different feeds. I just don't want the people to get confused. Sorry to you
2: jump. You can see. Also- d- I waited. Stop my stop my flow there.
1: Buddy. Yeah, I'm but sorry. It's... I just don't want you know. I want people to know that they have to search kind of two different spots. In that
2: regard, they... they can also search uh, Stealth Classified. Yeah. On TSN 1040 feet. I believe that is still up, and there's some great episodes if you want to go back in oh, time to some of those chats. But you know, it was we talked about last week. Like, do we get our favorite players on? Do we get our favorite interviews of all time? And then there's been one guy who we've been efforting. For since the beginning of time, essentially, <laughs> since we first started yeah. doing stealth classified <laughs> was... in 2013 or whatever. Uh... And for whatever reason, things things didn't work out. Yeah. We've spoken, we've had Paul Gate on the show. We've had uh, Gary
1: Gate. John Tavares. Gary Gate. Dan Dusk, Colin Doyle. Colin Doyle, Paul Rabel. Paul,
2: Paul Rabel. Um we've had all the goats, but we Sanderson. haven't had maybe we have maybe had the goat and yeah. we've been efforting them for years and now uh finally all coming together and good timing too john Grad jr is now the the assistant coach at, at johns hopkins university so that's on his plate right now he just came off of uh his 45 year old season in the mll the all-time <laughs> leading scorer there hall of fame's coming up in the national lacrosse yeah. he's gonna roll that back out again and he'll be at the right of the top of that list with colin doyle so what better timing? And he finally said yes. So maybe life <laughs> life in Baltimore is treating John Grant Jr. well. Yeah. He's seen a world in a different light, and he's finally agreed to come chat to a couple of uh, yahoos. So,
1: yeah. Uh, it, it, yeah, truth be told, I've asked uh, Johnny johnny grant jr a couple of times uh, maybe two three four times even to to come on and for whatever reason it hasn't worked out the last time i was like all right man like what's up like what what's it gonna take and he just uh you know he's a busy guy i get it he was in the process of moving to baltimore the last time we asked he settled in now and i said listen man episode 100 you've never been on the podcast let's let's make it happen and uh, he finally agreed so super fired up for that you mentioned uh it was forty fifth or forty five years old playing in the, like I went out uh, to play some some masters lacrosse last night, Brad. I am forty seven, so I am two years older than John, who's got a birthday coming up in November, by the way. Uh so essentially, you know, like a year and a half older than than Junes, and I played two games of masters lacrosse, so like barely any contact. I'm playing, I'm not writing all that, and like I can barely. <laughs> today i don't know how this cat is has got it done for as long as he has man like playing professional lacrosse at 45 years old is just insane to me Well, we'll get absolutely into it. insane
2: you've, you've seen the workout videos over the last couple of years like uh shaved head bald 45 yeah. year old junior scares the crap out of me and it doesn't look like he's slowing down anytime soon so yeah i want to get into the regimen how he keeps his body and his mind going uh what's life like in Baltimore does he have another kick at the MLL can any PLL uh envy I guess I want to I want to talk to him about so yeah and like you know since I started covering the sport grow up I didn't see a lot of Grant John Grant Jr. on the west coast here like Mm. the year that he was in Coquitlam I don't know where I was I was a teenager but I just wasn't making it out to the palace and we didn't really know who he was or what he was capable of at that time It wasn't until the 2007 Man Cup when he came to Peterborough, when he came from Peterborough to Coquitlam to play against Coquitlam, where he was, by that time, he was the best player in the world. And we got a front row seat to to watch him win that Man Cup in six games at the Palace. And it was pretty special. And then from then on, he was our first man cup. Yeah. Like five years later, sets the National Lacrosse League scoring record at the time when he was already like thirty-eight, thirty-nine years old. That was, that old. was actually miraculous.
1: in Minnesota. Got to call that uh, record-breaking tally there by Junior. So that was one of my career highlights as well. Uh, I don't oh. know, know if it's one of his. Let's not forget the the, the one hander behind the back uh, bouncer top corner on on Tyler Richards uh, at the LEC. Uh, handful of years ago as well one of his nicest goals i think he's ever scored i think if we asked him and maybe we should and literally like i think we could probably go an hour with june's easy uh with the amount of questions that we probably both have for him but uh like nicest goal he's ever scored i think that one's got to rank top three which is (laughs) hard to believe you think of the amount of goals that that guy scored uh but that one's gotta be right up there right
2: there was one, too. I remember in that in that 2007 Man Cup, he scored an empty netter from essentially his own end late in the game. And it was like, I think the pulled the goalie uh, a little too early, like there was a chance to come back and tie that game. And I remember June's just icing it from his own end, essentially, and an empty netter and sealing it. And,
1: I don't know just, why I remember wild. that man, Cup, for Junior, like, changing the head and the shaft of his stick almost, like, every period. He would be switching back and forth and trying to find the right uh, chemistry for whatever reason on, on that he Because,
2: like all, like, all the greats, the real super greats, like Paul and Gary Gate and, like, Kevin Alexander, uh, those guys were all known as innovators, right? So it wasn't just what they did on the floor, but they did stuff in... Um, as far as like developing shafts and sticks, and mm. the way that they just sort of the way that they carried themselves, and things that they innovate as far as equipment goes, makes those guys extra goaty. You know and, what I mean,
1: and probably so precise, like they know when some just the littlest thing is off. Like you know, maybe the the tape on their butt end is rolling up wrong, and they just don't like the way that feels. Or so you know, when it gets to that point, those guys really. Take it seriously. And we'll talk to John. I believe he's still uh, pumping out true lacrosse. I think he's an ambassador for those guys. So we'll talk about to that with him as well. Lots to talk about with John Grant Jr. here on episode number 100. And uh, we're going to welcome back my old partner as well and, and take a quick trip down memory lane with Evan Schemenauer as well. So I don't know if we want to save like our memories for when Evan is on or we want to talk about those right now brad but uh i'll tell you how well how was the weekend tell me about
2: that how was the weekend it was a it was a nasty eerie one here and uh in the flatlands it was really foggy we were socked in but Mm. i got to get out and and go for a nice long bike ride down to the beach in twas yesterday hang out with the fam it was uh falls is starting off nicely here now we're into a long weekend this week so yeah
1: well i'll tell you man uh, i don't know kind of the person that i've become but like when danny's out here for the weekend like our regular kind of routine has become wake up on a on a leisurely saturday morning and and kind of roll out of the sack and then we, we hit the we hit the starbucks brad we you know pick up the starbucks and then over to the farmer's market wherever uh wherever that may be. It was Burnaby this weekend. So out to Burnaby we went to Starbucks Farmer's Market. Had a little little pierogies and kielbasa for breakfast. Never done that at the Farmer's Market, so that was fun. And then we said, well, let's go walk this thing off. And so I said, well, Burnaby Lake's right over here. I said, you know, I think the Junior A Lakers uh, created a dynasty kind of running around this lake. So I figured, okay, like it can't be, like they're not, you know, going on a marathon here before practice sort of thing. So I figured, you know, 3, 4K little little leisurely walk around the lake here and and about, <laughs> and like, Daddy's wearing jeans and flip-flops. I'm kind of like, you know, I'm street casual. I'm not, like, ready for a workout or anything but here. But about 55 minutes into the walk, I realized, like, we're still walking away from the parking lot here. Like, we have not rounded a. <laughs> We are not, and it turned out to be like a 12, 13k walk, man, like two and a half hours. Danny's feet are blistered beyond belief. I didn't bring a water bottle, like I was absolutely miserable after this walk. Thinking I'm going on a 3k walk turned into a 13k walk, and then uh for some stupid reason I went and played lacrosse yesterday. So I'm, I like, I can barely move mend. right now. I can barely the, move.
2: You're on the mend. I It's good. It's uh, good weekend on the Fitbit, though. Yeah, absolutely. Always nice. Always Just nice to see those numbers <laughs> escalate. Right,
1: I, I've become a little like too consumed with that. I think, like making sure I fill up those little circles to make sure that I, that I had a good day or a good week. Anyways, uh, so and I are coming up. I think we should save the the memory lane for when he's on because we still got two fights to talk about here, Brad. On episode 100 of lacrosse classified and stampede tax who we had and down to the final four like i mentioned and uh the final is now set man this uh this i think i think if you looked at this before it all started you maybe could have predicted this final that we had but the road that these guys got here Pretty impressive stuff. So let's get into this. Stampede tax, who we had and. The good folks there at Stampede Tack and Western Wear, I want to let you know with the Canadian Thanksgiving just around the corner. The folks at Stampede Tack and Westernware are very grateful and thank you, thankful for so much despite these challenges we've all faced in 2020. Thankful for the Creator's Game and how it brings us together each week here on Lax Class. We're thankful for all our customers involved in lacrosse across the world and hope you and your loved ones have a safe and enjoyable Canadian Thanksgiving no matter where you find yourself. This holiday season. And as a thank you, Brad, check this out. We'd like to offer our customers 25 bucks off your next online order of $100 or more. Just enter the promo code LAXCLASS. Offer valid through October 18th. Excuse me. Got me choked up with that one. Save yourself 25 bucks. Spend 100 bucks. Use the promo code LAXCLASS at stampede.ca. We're shopping online is still shopping local. That's a good deal. Take advantage of it. Uh, left side of the bracket. I saw one of these combatants last night at lacrosse. I, I had to inform him that uh, it did not go his way. He was pretty understanding of it all. He kind of knew his fate was sealed when he saw the matchup. Uh, never did I asked him if they these guys ever went. Uh, they did not in real life. Man, would that have ever been a go? Andy Ogilvy, Scotty McMichael, and it's Psycho into the finals as expected here, Brad. As he gets past Ogie, I it was a tight, both these fights were tight this week.
2: Yeah, what 56% of the vote for, for, for Scotty McMichael yeah, so, over yeah, 400 a little, votes, too. That's that's fantastic. So, yeah, this this shows you what kind of respect Andy Ogilvy had around and still does around the around the lacrosse world. It's nice to see him still coaching here in the in the junior lacrosse ranks at the wla and uh you know passing on that 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 game down to the youngsters because he definitely played the the absolute right way so yeah scotty mcmichael gets to the final i think yeah, like you said we predicted that early and we'll see if he can uh, take off the guy you're gonna be talking about in a second
1: and nephew uh mitch ogilvy just being drafted into the national lacrosse league as well so uh shout out to Nephew Mitch. Uh, Other side of the bracket, and this is just a classic matchup here. And this one got kicked around our chat group a little bit about who would actually win this. Like, if these guys fought 10 times, I say it's probably split right down the middle, 5-5. Snyder in his prime, Rory Smith in his prime. Give me that 10 times, and I think they split split the fights right down the middle. But in this one fight showdown, 52 percent of the vote the boy from mimico gets past jeff snyder here rory smith into the final he'll take on scotty mcmichael as he gets past snyder 52 percent. this could not have been much closer
2: no and you you flipped the coin last week i went snyder just because i thought he was a better technical boxer fighter in his prime rory was meaner and i think a little bit more feared but as far as throwing punches Snipes did it with the best of them but rory smith comes out on top we've got a hell of a final man. <laughs> and let's let's tease it like next week whichever guy wins whether it's rory smith if yeah. it's scotty mcmichael obviously we're gonna get someone from his family but we're gonna effort whoever wins this competition might be tough to get a rory smith interview too yeah, uh, I do. But we will, we will try our best to represent the winner in episode 101.
1: Yeah, one way or the other. And the other thing I think we want to do, and we're going to talk about this a little bit in Quick Sticks, is uh, the PLPA leadership vote is currently taking place. And by this time next week, we will know who has won the vote. And I think we want to try and – angle somebody and I think a lot of questions Need to be asked because a lot of people are kind of wondering What's going on with this why is this happening right now And I'm one of them so I don't know a whole lot About the situation but a vote going down Right now potentially new leadership coming Up in the PLPA And uh, so we'll try and Get get somebody on To represent uh, whoever Kind of comes out on top in that vote Which should be an interesting conversation As well agreed Indeed Oh, okay, <laughs> okay. Uh, I think we are ready to take a quick break here and then get the GOAT, the greatest of all time to ever pick up a lacrosse stick. I think we're walking out on a pretty thick limb to say that, Brad. If you're talking all around, field, box, international, backyard, spike lacrosse, it's got to be none other than number 24, John Grant Jr. He joins us next on episode 100 of Lacrosse Classified, right here on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. Next.
2: Associated Labels and Packaging, a fun family company that offers premium quality labels and packaging with unparalleled service. With 40 years of experience, an extensive product catalog, and an ever growing fleet of equipment, Associated Labels and Packaging is the perfect fit to take your labels and packaging to the next level. Hey, this is Brendan Bombery from the Georgia Swarm and Iroquois Nationals. You're listening to Lacrosse Classified on Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network, your go-to source for all things NLL and box lacrosse.
1: Welcome back to Lacrosse Classified, episode number 100. You just heard from our friends in Coquitlam, down there, Associated Labels and Packaging, Sean Ashworth and the gang, I saw Tosh Nishamira out at uh, Masters Lacrosse, along with Brad Bradley. You'll know him, of course. Uh, and our next guest coming on to the podcast now, AssociatedLabels.com, best in the business, labels and packages, environment in mind, family-owned, ethics, quality. All of it, Associated LP is where you can find them. Joining the podcast for the very first time here. It took a couple of tries, not going to lie, but he's finally here. He's on the podcast. It's episode 100, and it's the GOAT. John Grant Jr. John, John, I don't know if like this podcast usually runs like an hour. I'm pretty sure I could go an hour just running down your resume. So I think we'll skip that proceedings. I'm pretty sure most of our listeners know who you are by now. Mm-hmm. Welcome to the podcast, man. Uh, I know we're on Zoom right now, but uh, the people aren't seeing that. You got your your J shirt on. What's what's going on, man? Uh, life in Baltimore. You've moved from Denver. How's all that going?
3: Uh, yeah, I jumped in the car last week. Uh <laughs> Got about 16 hours in and then stopped at a hotel and did nine the next day. But uh, yeah, just been sneaking into the quarter center every day to work. We're technically, basically campus is closed, but you know, we were, we were trying to coach Hopkins from, you know, four coaches in four different States. So, um, bought a house in the summer, actually my house in Colorado went under contract yesterday. So that's good. Ah. Well, hopefully, I can stop paying two mortgages here soon. Um, <laughs> but it's been it's been fast and furious, just trying to get you know everything kind of squared away here. I've got the assistant, one of the assistants, and the director of ops actually uh, renting rooms at my house here, oh, so man. I'm not completely alone. But
1: like, you couldn't have family- picked a, a more crazy time to kind of pick up your life and move across the country and start a new job like in the middle of a pandemic. I, that's a huge undertaking.
3: Yeah, it's and it's been uh, stressful on the family for sure. But I, I, you know, I basically been out here. This will be week two, and then I'm going to fly home for four or five days next week for Canadian Thanksgiving, um, and then I'll be back out here for probably another month. But yeah, the girls they're not going to be coming probably till the spring. So
2: yeah, uh, jeez. So no, no viral videos of you in the Gabster in the backyard, Spike and, Lacks, you know, smash, smack, and t- smashing turkeys or something this weekend.
3: Yeah, well, I I probably should get and do some videos, but I'll probably do something when I'm home. Um, It's just been too busy here, you know, trying to get everything going and and the staff, getting the staff communication going and life in the Zoom world, I guess. Yeah, I mean, we
1: won't talk about Hopkins and all that sort of stuff, but like the video part of it, I think, John, is something that you've really kind of taken to, over the last, I want to say, like five years, kind of started with the trick videos when you were with Denver, and and it's really evolved into you and the Gabster in the backyard, kind of coming up with these crazy games and stuff. Is that something that's grown on you? Like that's something you enjoy doing, you want to do? How did that kind of evolve into where it is now?
3: Yeah, it was actually pretty, I mean, I didn't really do the social media thing. I kind of just focused on playing and and doing that but you know when you're endorsing companies like i endorse true lacrosse yeah you're not playing you you, you still got to be visible and and out there and uh i started to enjoy a little bit more of opening up and letting people kind of be in and um yeah it seems like the gabster videos seem to take <laughs> off and i know she loves a little bit of the spotlight sure. so um especially last year when you know i kind of committed retirement it was a lot to do with her so she yeah. she likes to be in front of the camera where i don't but um so i'll just keep trying to plug along in those if i can and uh go from there i'd like to get out on on the homewood field and film some stuff but we're not, we're locked out still yeah but, uh, i it every day out my window and you know last time i played on that field we
2: lost a uh, double overtime to the u.s so uh, i'm looking
1: forward. To yeah I bet, I bet i bet
2: so what is what is the first order business there in Baltimore, John? Like obviously, there's no there's no players there. So how are you making connections with these with these new players? Yeah, mostly Zoom.
3: Um, you know, we've we've got you know two or three or four of those a week um, around there. They're not allowed to go to class, so they're all their all their classes are online as well. But most of the team still moved here. They had leases, and um, I know the freshmen and sophomore ended up finding housing here too. They were technically supposed to live in the dorms, but uh, you know, small, the houses are kind of, you know, small net groups, and they're trying to, to stay socially distanced. And, we're, you know, we're, we're, we're praying that we can get on the field at least at some point this fall, but the kids are, are, are working on their own. And we just got to trust that they're doing that. And uh, we, we talk to them when we can and, and, you know, we're going to start to kind of, put in the offense and the defense and all that stuff over zoom too. So that's going to be a challenge, but coach Melman comes from the Ivy league and the fall wasn't, you know, they didn't play a lot of lacrosse in the fall in the Ivy league either. So we just got to make, make best with what we got right now.
1: Speaking with John Grant jr. Here on episode 100 and John, you, you start out your kind of coaching career uh, in Denver at Valor, if I'm not mistaken, coaching high school kids, and and then you know with uh, with the stuff with Team Canada and not being eligible to play, you kind of get your feet wet on the bench there at the international level. Then it was on to Air Force after that. How did how did the Johns Hopkins opportunity come up for you? Because I mean, like you when you're talking about blue blood schools and lacrosse programs, I, like I don't know if it if it gets any better than than Hopkins. Well, that's a, that's an opportunity of a lifetime, man. Like that, that's pretty cool stuff.
3: Yeah. It was uh, kind of funny. So coach Milman and I go, you know, back 12, 13 years, we played rattlers together, actually won a title there. Um, and we just stayed in touch over the years. I mean, he's, you coach the indoor us team. So, you know, we've always just picked each other's brains. He's a lax rat like me. So I was actually reaching out to him about a couple of his players for the MLL draft. Um, obviously uh, Mr. T being one of them yeah Uh, and just got to talk and you know after talking for four or five hours and then you know he kind of just kind of morphed into talking a little bit about the job and then he's like would you be able to actually pull it off and I'm like I don't know I'll have to ask my wife and that was the first hurdle just to get her blessing to be able to uproot our family because there we were pretty dialed in in Denver Um, we've been there almost a decade, and they're flourishing at school and work and, and with their social groups. And, you know, for me, it was easier just, Oh, move to Baltimore. <laughs> but I had to think of <laughs> just those another stop days. on the road. <laughs> yeah. And I didn't have a lot of time to actually think about it once the, you know, I kind of got the offer and I had to kind of, you know, sleep on it for 24 or 48 hours. And once my wife said, yes, it was kind of like the scene from Rocky when she's in the hospital and says, go, you know, I ran to the phone and told him I'm good. And, you know, it, we knew it was going to be a struggle and stress in the family, but this is a dream job, um, yeah. and we've got the opportunity to win championships here. And the staff that we've assembled is—I mean, Coach Kester is the, the probably brightest defensive mind in the game, and Coach Millman has won everywhere he's been. So we're we're pretty excited. What's, what's... So why
2: else was it? Why else was it such an attractive job for you? Like, yeah, you mentioned you're at you're at Air Force, you're in Denver, life is good. It's obviously a historical program, but like. You know, when did you start thinking about wanting to be a, a high-level college coach, and and why was this why was this the spot for you? Well, it's kind of. I mean, it goes back to you
3: know, at Air Force, I almost felt like you know I became a fully Amer- like I, you know, I lost touch with Canada. I was never there, and then I was not able to recruit them. And that wasn't just the only reason I want to get into coaching. But way back in the day, uh, Klusky and I started. The evolve lacrosse program, which is to help Canadian kids get down to the States. Yeah. We, you know, we were kind of, obviously the gates were the the trailblazers to come down before that, you know, French and Huntley, but, you know, we didn't really have a lot of people helping us do that. And that was something Tracy and I really wanted to do to give back. And, you know, at some of these tournaments, I would, I would watch some of these, you know, evolve and edge and some of these top programs from Canada. I'm like, wow, I really wish I could recruit them, <laughs> but, you know, just the opportunity to recruit. and and develop some of the best lacrosse players in the world and you know air force those guys were special special people but they were their jobs were to go and 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 serve and and keep us safe well these guys here even though they're going to get a top 10 education a lot of these guys could go play pro so having that ability to really mold these guys to go play at the next level plus have a degree on the wall that's as good as anywhere it's just a perfect package plus our facilities are unbelievable and you know to add to the you know try to get championship number 45. Um that's the goal. Wow,
1: 45. That's crazy. Yeah. Speaking with John Grant Jr. here and uh being being a guy from the borough, being a Canadian and then like you mentioned, you know, a decade down in Denver, now off to Baltimore. With everything that's kind of going on in in the world right now, John, with with the Black Lives Matter movement and and the political un, unrest down there, like what what's it like for for you? being a canadian living in a city like denver and then going to like is there a difference between the two or what's the temperature kind of like down there how do you deal with that
3: yeah um where i lived in denver it was i mean there was not really any diversity whatsoever i was in the suburbs 30 minutes outside of denver so denver was um politically was you know there was a lot of marches and a lot of activism but it wasn't really hitting where we were in the suburbs obviously keeping our pulse on it and, you know, going to play in the Annapolis, the MLL tournament, where it kind of really hit and spending some time with some of our black players and, and learning their stories and, and like, not just reading about it, but actually being in a room and having conversations and and talking. Plus we, we, you know, we kind of were starting to talk with some of the, the, the players on all the teams. It, It really brought it home. But I mean, Baltimore is a very diverse city Um, yeah you know finding you know trying to find player people that knew where we should live and all that kind of thing so you're really really kind of immersed in it here but we're really trying to as a as a staff focus on bringing bringing that to our players and really showing them and reaching out to people that are going to help us really provide um just better opportunities for them to learn. And, um, you know, coach Kester has joined our diversity committee here at the school. And so we're, we're going to do our best to, to do everything we can to live the right way and teach the right way and have these guys act the right way.
1: Yeah. Good.
2: Let's go back to the, the summertime and talk about that MLL season. Obviously, uh, you know, you, you were there to, to get a ring and finish the unfinished business, business with, with Denver, and that doesn't happen, but you still have that that sour taste in your mouth. And uh, you know, what, what is next summer going to look like for you? Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, two <laughs> it's summers still ago, unfinished business. <laughs> well, it,
3: it'll never be finished, I don't think. Yeah. But, um, I I just don't think you know, I had what it took to play. I, you know, kind of tore up my good knee, game one or game two. I was getting them drained before every game, like sixty cc's. It was. It was tough just getting in and out of my hotel room. And I know I look terrible out there, but if I would have thought that, you know, our team loses because I hit missed four bunnies on the front of the goal, I would have, li- I would have said that would never happen. Yeah. So I don't know. They say hands are the last things to go. I think they finally left.
1: <laughs> well, I'll um, tell you. But it, was
3: a, it was an incredible experience. And just everything you guys were talking about, like with, you know, the pandemic and the bubble and, you know, teams leaving, it was just a crazy... Yeah. I mean, it's almost like it never happened. It was, yeah. And we just felt chel- we had a, you know, other than the 45 year old guy, everyone on our team was like 25 and under. And <laughs> most of our team had never really played in the league. So it, it was a challenge to try to put a team together in, in in 10 days. And we almost did it. I mean, we we still had an opportunity to win that tournament.
1: Yeah, I tell you, John, I was telling Brad off the top, like, I, I went and played a couple of games of Masters lacrosse last night. <laughs> it's like no contact, and I'm in a phone booth. God. And, like, I remember, like, going into Denver, and like, back in 2014, 2015, and watching you kind of an hour and a half before the game go through this regimented warm-up just to get yourself prepared to play. And I know like how I feel sitting here after a couple of games of Masters lacrosse it, and it being a year and a half older than you like I just it, it boggles my mind that you're playing pro lacrosse at 45 years old. I guess what I I know I know Gabby really motivates you. You want her to have some memories of you playing, but what else makes you want to get out there and go through that on a on a daily and weekly and and yearly basis?
3: There's I don't think there you can't you just can't uh i don't know i don't even know how to say it i don't like, know either
1: i don't the know either
3: the experience of playing lacrosse is just something that you just can't match and yes it was a. Uh, you know i could barely walk all week when i was still even you're saying like i mean i should have re- was supposed to retire in 08 when i had the near-death yeah. infection and they said you you know you're not going to be able to run on that knee and i got a decade out of it and you know, in the mid 13, 14, 15, I was playing like 45 games a summer. If you add two leagues and instead of taking it easy, I just, I felt like the more I played the the, the better it felt, but then it just finally hit a point where I just could not run. And, yeah. um, I needed left knee replacement. My back needs fusion. My right knee needs patching. <laughs> I got no shoulders. Um, you know, I, I just, but I would, I would do it all over again. Cause I, you just can't match the feeling of playing lacrosse with with your buddies. And my teammates knew what I was kind of going through. Um, um, And I think that just drove me more that, you know, people said that you couldn't. And I said, well, I'll decide. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Was how much of it was like, you know, it was almost taken away from you forever. And then, so how much of it was, I'm not going to let that happen again. Or if it does happen again, I'm going to make sure that I play it until I, absolutely literally could not move anymore.
3: Yeah. Well, I mean the concussion scare and the like I had a bit of a brain bleed. So that that's what I was told to stop playing. I that wasn't my choice. So that it was almost easier that I was told you're done. You're no you can't play anymore. So I didn't really have to make the decision because I don't think I ever could have. Um but you know fast forward a couple years and I didn't play and the brain health got better and everything through the concussion. Cause it was rough. I, I was going through like all the stuff you hear, you read about with some of these other athletes. It was, it was a dark kind of time there for a while. And I've dealt with them before I've had concussions. I mean, if anyone's seen me play, I mean, I caused more than I probably received just the way I dodged, but, um, the family came first on that one. And once I was given the kind of green light to look at it again, it, it was hard because <laughs> I can't run. So it's hard to train. Um, but I just did everything I could with doctor's care and, you know, chiropractor and therapists and acupuncturists. I mean, it'd be a weekly event to get me just to play for two hours on a Saturday Ah. and then try to figure that out for, you know, six games in that MLL week. That was just stupid.
1: (laughs) Speaking (laughs) with John Grant Jr. here, episode 100 and, Brad and I were, were kind of reminiscing off the top when we were thinking about your career a lot, and, and our first Man Cup we got to call together was 07 back in Coquitlam when you came back with the Peterborough Lakers and, and UNTK and company, and, and that was a big, big thrill for us to kind of, that was kind of like your coming out party to us more than anything, like, holy shit, this is, this is John Grant Jr. and the best player on the planet right now, Um we think about the goal you you scored at the LEC, the old behind the back bouncer, top corner pass, T. Rich, and like I don't know where to go with it, John. Do you do you have maybe do this? Do you have a favorite goal? Like, what, give me your top three favorite goals that you've ever scored.
3: Um, unfortunately, some of them are involved in losses, but I think a couple of the goals I scored in my rookie year for the Nighthawks. I mean, with under a second or under a minute to go. And unfortunately, Caleb Toss broke our hearts with like no time left. Yeah. But I think that behind the back with Coyle and Laddie, and I don't know, every defender on their team all over my back, uh, that was a special one for me because I would like completely tore my AC joint in my shoulder. So I, I was barely hanging on. And, you know, you figure you get back to championships every year. It'd be easy. But that league, I just couldn't. Um, so that was a good one. And an around the world overtime one for Denver when we were just having a tough year, um, that was a big one. But um, I—it's not really goals; it's more games that are yeah that being the most to me. Like my first man cup coming back ECL surgery. Like I remember every one of those games fondly. But oh seven, you bring that up—that was kind of a a big moment for me and TK because we we kind of didn't play overly great when we played for Coquitlam those two years and we lost to Victoria. So to actually go back to the palace Emporia and and show show people that i could play lacrosse yeah but oh seven was a special year i mean i got a you know three three of the four titles and i, I don't know how to explain it i was on good teams and it just everything kind of came together and i learned
1: it's josh gillum it was all Joshy gillum that year
3: gillum played incredible <laughs> for a junior player and that was a bloodbath because that defense was massive. Oh. I mean, they're all your size. Yeah.
2: Wow. Well, yeah. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I mean, Taylor Ray
1: and yeah. Schneider, yeah, Ogie. And Bruce yeah.
2: Alexander was out there captaining oh, that team. Like, yeah. Monster. And
3: that was a tough week, too, because I, I, uh, Ogie came across the crease in game one and destroyed my. So I had like a bone bruised all up in my calf. Oh. So I was basically in a wheelchair for most of that. Well, how about uh,
1: that? I mean, never mind the goals, never mind the wins. How about a favorite championship from each league that you've won one in?
3: Well, yeah. I only won one for Nighthawks, so that would be one. Yeah, <laughs> um, you got
1: one. You I, got one.
3: The, the 06 World Games in London was special. Yeah, to do it with you know, we were. I was that there I, with you. I
1: I, I wasn't out. There, I wasn't playing on the world I, team, but I was there with you. I remember that. Yeah,
3: I mean, winning that one with you know, a couple of my idols, Mirchuk and Gate, was huge, and yeah. we had a core group of guys that were playing, kind of indoor and outdoor, and that was a real special group. Um, and then the winning the the championship with the outlaws because basically the four championships I had three of them were, were against them and to join them um, and help finally get them over the top was a big moment for me. Plus I was three in a row. Um, so I think those are probably the big ones. Yeah. I would have said last year if we were able to
1: favorite man cup,
3: favorite man cup would be the first one. Yeah. Cause I was a some Peterborough got ravaged by floods that summer and it was kind of like, I just got back to Peterborough from playing two years away and the city really needed something and our team kind of pulled together and, and kind of, you know, won that one. And it was, uh, you know, the last one was 1984 when my dad won it. So I kind of raced, I took that monkey off my back too. It was, that was a special time and that was a lot of Peterborough guys, but just a great moment.
2: John, uh, I know you've given your heart and soul to the, to the MLL. You were voted their, their greatest player of the history of that league, you know, all time leading scorer there, MVPs and all that. Was there any part of you that, that looked at what the PLL was doing the last couple of years and thought, Hey, that looks like something fun to try. Like, was there any part of you that wanted to do that?
3: Well, I mean, of course I'd think about it. I mean, I love the MLL. You know, I was, I scored the very first goal in league history. So I've been around it. Um, for, for a long time. And I appreciate what they do. There's something about playing for a city. Um, But the PL is doing amazing things. I mean, it's a different, different league because you're, you're more, you know, you're rooting for kind of players and, and teams. There's no really city pride there, but the production value and the amount of work they do on the social media stuff is, is great. Plus the activism. I mean, they're doing everything right. And I think there's room for both. Um, So, I, I thought about it, but they didn't ask. Were, so. <laughs> were you ta- were
1: you were you a talker on on the field, John? Like, if you got mic'd up, like Matt Gaudet, would you be would you be going after Blaze Reardon like he did?
3: Uh I I've had my moments. <laughs> I don't think I was. I mean, I didn't chirp very much when I got older. But when I was younger, I was more brash and, yeah. you know, I would I would say arrogant, I guess. But um, I I was more joking around with people at the end, like. I don't know. I thought if I got them mad, maybe they wouldn't hit me as much.
2: <laughs> uh, <laughs> on that, on yeah, that, that note, was, then that on, was something. on that note, then you mentioned Ogilvy and a couple of the guys. But who's the one of the toughest defenders you ever felt a, a cross-checker hit from in the in the NLL or in the or in the summertime?
3: Well, it was actually Rubish. I mean, I know I was, you know, at the kind of end of my career, but I mean. I, I, he was hard to play against yeah. and then he would get a shift off and then they could put mitsky So that team was <laughs> tough. Like, I, those games were really, really tough. Um, You know, the, the rock defenses back then, the, the league was different. It was rougher. Oh like, man. If you, you went shot City. Middle, yeah, if you were, if you were going through the middle, you were getting your head taken off and that was every time. So you had to worry about coil. And if, if you didn't know where laddie was, then you knew you were, he was going to land on you. So, those the Toronto defenses were tough. Then the, yeah, the rush defense was tough, but, uh, I think that that was pretty much that, yeah. um, an outdoor, a guy named Jamie Hanford was the hardest guy I ever played against. And that huh. was way, 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 way
1: back. I remember um, I remember Hanford. I me- speaking with Junior here and, and uh man, there's so many things I wanna ask you about and, and one of them's gonna be your dad here, John, and, and John Grant Senior. And I know you're a Philadelphia Flyers fan, and I would imagine that comes from your dad playing in the wings in, in the old pro league and being around those teams and hanging out in, in the spectrum and stuff. Um, for people that don't know like, your dad was a real innovator of the game with the over-the-shoulder shots and passes, and, and that's kind of where you learned it from as well. But just talk about your dad and, and what kind of influence he was on you and how much he meant to your game.
3: Yeah, well, I mean, I was watching one of the best players in the world play in the backyard, so I kind of tried to emulate everything he was doing. Um, then I got to a certain age where I wanted to beat him at everything. Um, where did
1: he get it from? What? Where did he get his innovation from,
3: Bobby Allen? Yeah, like he had. I mean, they had some special people coaching those guys, like Don Barry, Bobby Allen, like they're J- Johnny Davis, like the Peterborough. And that's the what court- makes
1: it so so special there in Peterborough, right? It's it's the yeah. next generation. Just keep giving back to the next generation.
3: Yeah, it's fifty, sixty years of of the best players of all time in in our in our country playing lacrosse, and they all coached. I mean, I know a lot of the senior guys used to run the lacrosse school. And I know when my dad was, you know, playing and near the end of his career, he revitalized the game there for minor and did house league and did all that. And it's, you know, now Peterborough, I think it's going to be really strong because all the guys I was winning man cups with all have kids and all their kids are playing. And, you know, those youth teams are going to be really, really strong. Um, But that's the beauty about our game in Canada. I think it's, you, you get a lot from it, and, and most guys give it give it all back. And, um, you know, that's what's going to keep it going going strong. Yeah.
2: National Lacrosse League uh, Hall of Fame is coming back, Junior, and they just announced that a couple couple weeks ago, and I think by the end of the year we're going to know who the next uh I like your chances. The next class I like your is. chances. Yeah, I, I was telling Jumbo's on the voting committee. I said <laughs> learn how to spell it. It's G-R-A-N-T. <laughs> but, yeah, you're right at the top of the list. Have you started had, having conversations with the NLL about how that's get a look or
3: nope never never i mean i was at the last one so i i got to kind of yeah you inducted up. you inducted tk right yeah inducted tk so that can't like bug you
1: him getting in before you you're still playing so i guess you can't really be too pissed off right
3: yeah no we we seem to follow each other and i always said his two uh nll championships for the two years i was out with knee
1: oh there you, injury. Go. There you <laughs> go
3: that's the only reason he won those but uh it was funny we used to You know, once he went to Calgary, I was on the, we barely ever played. And then he got traded back east, and I got traded out west, so we still never played. Because uh, we kept a tally on, on who won I who bet. lost. So I, bet. Oh, I bet. Well, talk Are
1: about you... talk about Tracy and talk about Evolve. Like I mentioned, I saw Blair Bradley out last night playing some, some lacrosse, and he was rocking his uh, Evolve field helmet. And you guys uh, were really one of the first pioneers, like you mentioned, to kind of start up one of these programs to help kids get to the next level. And that's kind of turned into uh, – down the path of the ull as well which which just went off and was pretty successful how's evolve going i know it just kind of keeps getting bigger and better all the time what's what's on the horizon for you guys
3: yeah i mean I, as a co-founder it was me and tk and a guy named ken watson who who played back in the day um started it up just like we said we were trying to you know trying to help young guys get a path to the ncaa i mean our first team was pretty good at zach courier Cam Milligan, Jake with like, we had some, that's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. And it was, you know, pretty cool for me. Um, you know, one year I coached and withers and Curry were there. We took, like, it it came a long way from, from those guys. And, you know, TK would drive some of those kids back and forth and they did everything they could to help these guys out. And, um, you know, now they're, I think at 15, 15, I mean, I, I bought out of it when I moved to Colorado, um and now i can't get involved in any of that now with the ncaa but it's pretty cool that's you know kind of my baby and you you see it out there they've got 15 teams in ontario a bunch in alberta and i know blair's you know building it um slowly and strongly in in bc plus they've got the girls division yeah but i I like that tracy and and Stu brown kind of came across the aisle and formed together the two big the two big dogs in the street and it's for the kids, the kids are getting better lacrosse and opportunities and um, so it's all better for our guys if yeah. if kids in Canada get opportunities to
1: play. Yeah, it's amazing. Only- it's amazing when people actually work together. The things that can happen. I wish our <laughs> sport would do a little bit more of that, as I'm sure you do as well. And and John, I appreciate your time here so much. Last one, Alaska, you, and you mentioned True Lacrosse uh, back earlier in the interview. I want to give you a chance to to pump these guys' tires a little bit. They look like a good company on the on the come up here. Tell me about True Lacrosse.
3: Yeah. So I, uh, I formed up with him a couple of years ago. Um, we obviously got the best innovation in the game through the golf department with shafts and the new, I mean, I got them right here. I got, it's always close, but our new vector <laughs> head, I think one of the best in the, in the biz and now we've got a, like the gloves and everything else is, is top notch. And third lacrosse people, like Lawrence Smith, who's, you know, one of my bosses there played, professionally and has been involved in the game he won a bunch of titles at Princeton so they got the right business and the right sense but they're it's not just a company that wants to make money they really want to grow the game and grow the grassroots level of the game and that's where we kind of align philosophically like yeah I like you know I want to endorse your company but I want to spend time teaching the game and that's what they want to do too they just want to you know, outfit people that want to do that too. So, you'll be you'll be seeing a lot more. True, they're starting to join some NCAA um, programs and some international teams. And um, you know, i I'll be looking forward to going over to Ireland as well. And awesome, uh, I think it's pretty cool that the world lacrosse was was able to push that back a year and let those kids still play. because yeah. that would have been a crush. Yeah. I never got to play under 19. I got cut. So. I heard
1: that story. I, I still can't believe it. I don't know who was coaching that team. Uh, <laughs> he should never be coaching again as far <laughs> as I'm concerned, John Grant Jr. But, uh, hey, man, I really appreciate uh, your time. I'm glad we finally had a chance to make this happen. Uh, keep pumping out those backyard videos with the Gabster and, and Spike Lacks and all that sort of stuff. And best of luck with – with Hopkins, uh, hopefully when the when the season gets rolling here in the spring, uh, look forward to seeing you patrol the sidelines for the Blue Jays, man.
3: All right, buddy. Thanks.
1: All right, thank you. That was John Jr. Grant Jr. there for episode one hundred, and and Brad, we took a while to run that conversation down, but we finally got it, man, and uh, I think it was worth it.
2: Yeah, and just so impressive, you know, and one of those guys that can't really. he he, he asked him and he can't really put a finger on the way he why he does the things he does or how he became as good as he does. But it's, it's all in there. If you listen, read between the lines, you know, it's the, it's the innovation. It's always having your stick in your hand and trying new things and being creative. It's coming from a system where, where you have those teachers and then going to college. And it's just, it's all of that that formed the great John Grant jr. That, that we see and we know, and it's nice to see him now, going to pass that down to uh to any players that are gonna be signed up for hopkins man i've any 16 17 year old looking for a place that wants to play lacrosse yeah like, like why would like I'd be if you're up a top to a recruit right now.
1: now like i don't know if you're a top recruit high school recruit coming out of high school which would make sense if you're a top high school recruit what like john i want
2: to go play for that john
1: hopkins like the mecca And then, oh, yeah, the greatest lacrosse player to ever play is a coach there. Like, I don't know how you choose – don't choose Hopkins after knowing those two facts right there. So, um, that was a really cool conversation, man. And, like, I – and I get what he's saying. Like, and I'm nowhere (laughs) – I don't want this to come across like I'm comparing myself. But I like I knew last night when I went in to go play those games that I was gonna feel like crap the next day, but I still went and did it anyways because of like what he said. It's the feeling of going out and playing with you can't replicate it. You just can't. So I totally get what he's saying there and man, what a what a future ahead of him. Like I knew June like I hung out with him a little bit back in the day when he was out here playing with Coquitlam, and, and like, you could just, like, he was cocky and brash, like he said, and you just the motor ran hot, and you could just see and feel the competitive juices that ran through that guy, which why which was why he was so next level and i think he's calmed down a little bit since then but he's cerebral now and and like you can tell he's just going to be a fa- fabulous coach because of all the knowledge that's in his brain and then he's able to communicate that as well he's got the pulse of it he's still connected and man instant respect
2: yeah well said man well well said all um, right to hear yeah the only thing i was going to add was that to hear almost every one of his accomplishments came on, I was in a wheelchair that weekend. I couldn't walk that weekend. <laughs> it's just I had ridiculous. that weekend. Like, just yeah.
1: the adversity. He's not too, joking which, either. Like, he's not no, playing he's not. it up. Like, it's, it's real talk man like the, yeah and it's, that
2: pushes you to be that pushes you to be an all-time grade so i excited to have to have the chance to finally chat with him that was cool
1: samesies let's take a quick break and let's get uh my old partner our friend evan sheminar is in the waiting room here bradley let's get him on we'll continue well we'll head to quarter three next lacrosse classified episode 100 on lacrosse flash podcast network
2: Hey, this is Craig Rabzinski, the voice of the Rochester Nighthawks. You're listening to Lacrosse Classified on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network, your go-to source for all things NLL and Fox Lacrosse.
1: Back here, Lacrosse Classified. Lax Class is in session. Into the third quarter we go for episode number 100. And, uh, man... Great conversation there with one Jonathan Grant Jr. Good to run him down finally. And now, good to catch up with this man once again. It's been a while, my friend, as we welcome back my old podcast partner, friend of the program, back in Saskatoon. It is none other than Evan Schemenauer back on the podcast. Evan, how's it going, man? It's been a while.
0: It's been a while. It's been a crazy, crazy year. <laughs> and You know, <laughs> I I've probably mentioned this before that I was so busy at work that I couldn't think straight. Yeah. it really hasn't slowed down. That's the crazy part of it. Um, with COVID, Things continue to change on a dime, and you never know what you're gonna look at next.
1: Yeah, well, we're on a we're on a Zoom call right now. You're looking good. You're down about 45 pounds, so you're looking good. And and I know you've been busy, and that was kind of the, the part of the reason that you had to take a little break from the podcast is that uh, things were just going nuts for you. But for episode 100, we felt like well, we got to get you back on here because you were really. A massive part of the, the podcast kind of launching on lacrosse all-stars and getting this thing off the ground and, and the success that it's had you're a major part of that and we felt like man you you got to come back on here and maybe share some of your favorite memories and, and Brad and I haven't really done that yet either uh, we were kind of kicking around like our top three top five favorite interviews I know you're a, a big Andy Towers fan is he Number one at the top of the list for you as far as guys that that we had on the show back when you were doing it?
0: He's definitely in the top three. No question about it. Now, of course, you guys talk about my man crush with Andy Towers, and that's perfectly fine. I (laughs) I remember when we discussed having Andy on, you were hesitant because you're like, well, we're a box lacrosse podcast, not a field lacrosse podcast. And I said, look, A, this guy is such a unique coach. And he loves bringing a box perspective to the field game, and he's got all these box players. Guys are going to tune in for this, and it ended up being one of our best interviews. I, you know, I love talking to Andy. Uh, you know, we even talked recently. It's like, man, if the NLL pushes back a few months, picture what he's got to do if his players are not available because of the NLL. Mm. Think about that yeah. for two seconds. That is going well, to be it's giving me the same yeah. same
1: for for the WLA and, and MSL as well. If if you know the the NLL start March May April whatever, um, there's gonna be a lot oh, of players hey. not available to
2: to their teams. And here's some foreshadowing that you you kind of did when you guys interviewed Andy uh, Evan. Is that since then like was he, I don't even know if he had the Black Wolves job at that point. And then he started doing a couple of games in the broadcast booth for New England. And now he's a scout with the New York Riptide. So, you know, if he wasn't a quote on the All thanks to lacrosse classified. He, he is. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys, you guys gave him the bug. So congratulations on that for sure.
1: Who but, else yeah. Who else comes to top of mind, Evan, when, when you think oh, back? I, I don't know how many. You did what, like 70, 80 episodes with yeah, me? it was in the 80s. Yeah.
0: There, there's so many people in there for different reasons. Like I, Kurt Malowski's got to be in the top three. He's and on the, our list. Is, yeah love love kurt or hate kurt i mean and he's he's a polarizing character right but the thing about kurt is you're gonna get the blunt honest answer that's the way i run life right so i love you know in the first time we had him on he threw down richardson under the bus i remember
2: that right like i mean oh the reese
1: he, dutch the reese dutch trade yeah yeah,
2: yeah and uh, the bat batley training camps he was pointing out about the beep tests and yeah mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: and but the thing was, you got to see all sides of Kurt because if you recall, we had him and Dane Dobie on when they won the championship, and both of them, their voices were breaking by the end of the of the interview talking about one another, right? So you got to see both sides of Kurt, and you know that's one thing you, and I love. And I'll tell you this, if lacrosse fans, if you do not stick around in the first quarter to watch. The bench interview for Kurt milowski You're missing something because you're <laughs> going to get an absolute We're still gym. trying to
1: get Audi to do like a mashup of just Kurt milowski bench interview, like a montage. I think it would be yeah. like the the best viral video on on the internet, Barna. Yeah,
0: you know, there's other guys like you know, for example, Westberg is up. I wouldn't say he's top three, but he's in there because. Once again, two interviews, but very raw interviews. Mm. Wes is the guy that didn't hold back when, you know, the tough questions were being asked. The first time he was in a contract negotiation when he came on. Um, One guy I can listen to forever, and it was such an amazing guest, is Mike Kuhlen. Talk about an absolutely brilliant brilliant lacrosse. Minor. I mean, looks like George is starting to filter him into an assistant GM role, mm. which is a wise, wise move. Cause that, you know, absolutely brilliant. Dan Dawson's up there, but then sometimes it's something so simple. Like if you recall, we had uh jammer on and at the end which, of the interview, which I, one
1: Cody or, or Derek Cody. Okay.
0: And it was something I didn't even prepare. I just thought of it as we were going through the interview. It's like, if you were to teach kids your shot, how you know how can they shoot like you? And he started going into this explanation about how he studied pitching, baseball pitching books, and tried to replicate that motion with his lacrosse stick. And it's something that I wouldn't have thought of at the time, but it was so brilliant, right? Was
2: that so- the interview? Did he also mention? Um- Playing wall ball on a tree truck. I was just, just
1: going to say, yeah, throwing like, a ball against the worst a tree. works on your hand.
2: I, I still I think about that all the time. I'm walking out with a stick. I see a tree. Not that I'm trying it, but no, I go, hey, if I was Cody Jameson, <laughs> I could maybe catch this ball right yeah, now. It's going, yeah, it's going
1: directly. That was, it, that was it
2: for sure. Yeah, you're right, though, about those nuggets that sometimes one guy just says something and, and it sticks with you when you're at the box or when you're, when you're calling the game or wherever. These little moments just come back. And like, well, yeah, that was – that's pretty cool. Um, I want to talk to you about um Lane Rushka, mm. Evan. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, obviously, uh, making history this uh, in the last couple weeks, he was the highest player from Saskatchewan ever taken in the NLL draft, the first goaltender from the prairies to be taken in the draft. What's that meant to uh, the community that uh, that you call home?
0: I mean, it, it's still a bit surreal when I started writing about Lane in his first year junior because I saw the 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 potential there at that time, I think it was right after he posted a a shutout against Edmonton one night, but it wasn't just, he posted a shutout. He literally stoned Edmonton probably eight or nine times in that game. And he had the players by that point making too many fakes because they were trying to do too much. And this is really where I started to see his potential in him. And, you know, even when he talked to me about entering the draft, we're like, okay, you're probably going to fit into the early third round, they expect that. And, you know, we, this is a kid that you know, John Arlotta said a lot about the same way I feel about him. Is that He just works. He tries to take every opportunity he can to learn. And one thing that I really reflect back on is if you take a look at Lane versus, say, a Justin Getty in the draft, which are 20 spots difference, the main difference with Lane was that arena lacrosse league experience, Mm. right? And that 7.57 goals against average he put up. There's not many goaltenders that get this opportunity coming out of junior to have something on the resume for scouts to look at to say, this is what my NLL resume is gonna look like because the nets are bigger, the sticks smaller. And this is a kid that honestly, when he was talking about that he was saying, I wish, I, I wish they would let me play with the small stick in Junior because he plays with more confidence in transition with that small stick. And, you know, we talked about this I don't know how many times on the show that we need to get one uniform. Oh, God.
1: Don't, yeah, let's not. You know,
0: <laughs> we need to. Like, Junior does such a poor job of getting goalies ready for the next level. Honestly, Evan, important. if
1: there was, like, one thing to change. I would, it would be get rid of wooden goal sticks. I think that mm-hmm. would be like my main rule change if I could. Ch- I think it's so crazy that you try and expect a kid who has had a 20 inch wooden goal stick between his legs his entire career to all of a sudden expect him to make a jump to bigger nets and a smaller stick against pro lacrosse players. It's insane to think. Yeah. That kids are gonna be able to make this move. So uh Lane Rushka getting drafted in the first round, first Saskatchewan born player to ever get it done, and as a goaltender, just spectacular stuff and and like I said to uh, to his dad, I think Georgia is the perfect spot for him to land with a guy like Mike Pool and to learn from. So I'm yeah, glad it was there for- and 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 I'm quite frankly I'm glad it wasn't Saskatchewan because I think it would just been a little too much for him and and Rush Nation to kind of to handle all that. But speaking of Rush Nation, Evan, you are, of course, uh, closely tied to Rush Nation and, and kind of sitting back as a fan looking at their draft uh, from a couple of weeks ago. Derek Keenan surprising a lot of people, I would say, picking Marshall Palace at 7. So maybe touch on him and then the rest of the draft class. Uh, you look, McClelland, I think, is going to fit in nicely. Bobby Kidd, I think, was real valuable pick. And, and then a little later on in the draft as well with guys like Borisenko, who a lot of people... Mm-hmm. Uh, we're high on that. Fell late, and and then the local product from the the junior squad and, and William Houck as well. Uh, just give me your synopsis on the rush draft from from a couple of weeks ago.
0: Well, Keenan certainly took the biggest gamble in the opening round. I, mm-hmm. I think by far taking Paulus, and the problem is he didn't play hardly any junior A, so we don't have that comparison to everybody else and know kind of where he fits. He could end up having one of the top players in the entire draft and he can have a bust and we will find out in two, three, four years time. We don't know at this stage. Um, but given the fact that uh, Connor Robinson had been traded, there's a spot where you can take a guy that's coming to your roster next year and you can put him on the practice roster and he, and it's there where Saskatchewan's going to have this difficulty with everybody else of where do they fit? Is there a practice roster spot for them? Because, most every other position is fully booked. Yeah, he just right? takes
1: Connor Robinson's spot. I don't even think he's on the practice. I think he's active roster, but he's not playing.
0: Oh, I doubt that because I think the rush are going to go. I think the rush go righty strong again next year. They, they were lost lefty strong. Last year. Well,
1: that's yeah, what we I'm know. saying. I think he he's gonna they're gonna play with three last, but he's gonna be on the active roster. Like he's not gonna take up a practice roster spot. He's gonna be on the active, but sure. he's not gonna be in the lineup. Uh, so to in speak. the lineup, that's true. Yeah, so that's I correct. mean, uh, and we don't want to keep you too much longer here, Evan. But out of the other draft picks, uh, anybody that that you're real excited to see in rush colors?
0: See, I I got the chance to see Borisenko play junior B, right? And so I've seen what this kid can do, and I'm excited to see. How he propels himself to the next level, how far he fell down. I think that was a a great steal for Saskatchewan that far down the draft. Yeah. If he doesn't pan out, that's fine. But it's a you know it's the fourth round, you know, great pickup of that late in the in the game.
1: Absolutely, Clark Walter in there as well. Um, so I think a real nice job by Derek Keenan, as per usual at the NLL entry draft. Uh, but you're right, I think that Marshall Powell's pick is is gonna be one to watch come the future. Evan, uh, we've, we've had a long program already. That was another, you know, good uh, 12, 13 minutes with you. I appreciate you spending some time, catching up a little bit, and and giving us your thoughts on Uh, Hrushka, uh for everybody out yeah. there. I it's want, Hrushka. Uh,
2: I want I an Evan Schemenauer, John Grant Jr. memory before mm. we go. Okay. Uh, it's episode 100. We had, the, we had the goat. The goat, a goal, yeah. A goal, a game, a moment. Uh, when you think of junior, what where, where does your mind go?
0: One that comes to mind is the 2006 World Final, just watching the Americans literally follow him to the toilet. They were locking <laughs> him off that badly. <laughs> <laughs> like literally they were not gonna they they were double locking him in gate, and it was the most unbelievable defensive strategy I've ever seen. Yeah. But also late in his career when he had the ten goal night. Yeah. Right. And it was like,
1: supposed to be his final game.
2: That was was supposed to be his final game, like heading into retirement.
1: I'm not retiring after putting up a 10 spot. I'm not retiring after that.
0: And he came back and he didn't. And the thing is like, he's got like, he's had so many surgeries on both knees. I don't know if he's, he, he can feel pain anymore. Right. And he, he's playing against kids that are 20 years younger than him. And he's pulling this off. And it was just stunning to watch it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, man. Yeah, unreal.
1: All right, Evan, uh, well, hey, man, hopefully I can uh, get back to Saskatoon come next year here, and, and we can actually see each other in person and uh, hang out at the hotel a little bit after a rush game like we normally do, God God willing, man. Uh, so be safe. By that back- time, the
0: weather might be nice enough to do it outside. There you know? go,
1: there you go. Yeah. Be, uh, be safe, be healthy back there in, in Saskatoon, and uh, we will catch up soon again, I'm sure. You bet. All right. There you go. Uh, the old podcast partner right there, Brad Schellner, Evan Schemenauer, joining us uh, on the program. And and that was a good catch-up there with Evan. And uh, it's good to see him and hear from him.
2: 100%. Yeah, like I said, like we're celebrating episode 100 today. I've only been here for, what, five now or well, something? Well, but like I don't think and you I've can lost count track. that. And, and the most impressive thing, and Evan is as much part of this as you were, uh, or are, you know, it's episode 100 that's consecutive weeks yeah, and yeah for you and Evan that was 80 something consecutive weeks which is insane like no one does that so that to me is is the most impressive thing um that you guys were able to accomplish and and, and all the fantastic interviews and nuggets that came out of it so pleasure to uh to listen to both you guys all
1: yeah time. I appreciate that and and I don't know how many you did before like when we switched from stealth classified we, we did that for what like three or four years
2: 3 or 4 years and then when the that, stealth got sold to
1: the warriors the Canucks, yeah we
2: did we only did like a month or two of okay. um of lacrosse class so still i would I, say
1: you're right there like as far as total episodes go between stealth classified and the early never
2: consecutive though. You know, no. I was always wanting to take a Christmas holiday. That's and, true. You were a slacker. As I was, yeah, I always had to, I had to take a week off.
1: You were a slacker.
2: I got to recharge the batteries every now and, well, and then. Well, we won't let
1: that happen now. Uh, you're on, you're on board and uh, you're not going anywhere again. So um, episode 100 will continue here. Thanks to Evan sheminar for, for that conversation. And uh, we're heading into the fourth. We got overtime this week because we got two guests. Uh, but coming up next, it's Quick Sticks and Something Else is episode 100 rolls along here on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. Back after this.
2: A Vancouver Warriors game at Rogers Arena sounds like this:
4: Jones shoots and he scores! Diving effort
2: from Mitch Jones. Nothing's monotone. Lee and Beers go crashing into the crease. Nothing's boring. Now we're gonna have a fight. It's the captain squaring off. And at Vancouver Warriors games, loads up. Nothing's offside. Tries a shot and he scores. Experience it for yourself. Vancouver Warriors tickets are available now. Tickets starting from 1995. Visit VancouverWarriors.com/tickets today.
3: Hey, this is Mikey Kersey, head coach of the Halifax Thunderbirds. You're listening to Lacrosse Classified, Growing the Game one podcast at a time.
1: Back on Lacrosse Classified, Lax Class is back in session. Episode 100. Into the fourth quarter we go. Quick sticks comes up in quarter number 4 right after I tell you thank you to the Vancouver Canucks for their continued support. Here on the podcast, VancouverWarriors.com. hashtag Nothing's Offside. As uh, was out at the box yesterday, Reed Bowring, number two overall pick, out there slinging it around, looking good. Was Reed Bowring?
2: You know what? You, the Ladner guys need to step up. I know, like Logan's moved out of town and, and he lives downtown with Mitch. No, Jones, he's back but, in like,
1: Delta, living with like McLaughlin and John Phillips now. Man, are they really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Anyways,
2: like I, I. I don't go too often, but like it's on my running route and stuff. So I'm bomb. And my daughter goes to gymnastics right next to the box. Anyway, so I see the box numerous times a week, whether I'm inside of it or outside of it. And it's dead in Ladner. That's nah, so no good. Let's go, Evan Messenger. Let's go, John Phillips. Yeah. Let's go, Liger. Like, what's going on? Yeah. All, every week you come back about naming all the names you saw at the box in Coquitlam. Like, we Ladner guys got to step it up. So, Ladner boys, if you're listening, Hit me up in the DMs and I'll come up and throw the ball right There you there. go.
1: We had uh, we had uh, Jordan Getz out here. He's living out here now. Uh, Alberta product out there. Dean Farrell, another guy. I think Dean Farrell deserves a shot at an LL training camp. Quite frankly, yeah, he
2: will get. He'll get one. He'll get one. This uh, the league keeps booming every year, right? More and more roster spots. Yeah. he'll get a look.
1: Del Bianco, Nate Facine, Tending Goal, Bobby Kidd out there as well. Lots of guys. So it was a good time out there, including rebound. VancouverWarriors.com. Check them out. Nothing's offside. All the information you need is there on the website. Um, quick sticks, however, Brad, brought to you by Manscaped. And uh, good news for Lax Class listeners. Uh, nice job. I should say thank you. Using that promo code laxclass twenty. And these guys are going to stick around for a little bit here, it sounds like on the on Class podcast. So I appreciate everybody who used the promo code. Continue to do that. Lax Class 20. The new Lawnmower 3.0 is available. I I would just go with the kit. Get the full kit, the 2.0. This thing is what you need. And it comes with the lawnmower, the revitalizer, the deodorant. It's got a pair of boxers in there. Listen, and this is not just for the men here, Brad. I know you know the men that you want to take care of your but. Bo- but Christmas is just around the corner. I know the ladies usually like to to get the shopping started a little bit early, right? They spread it out, Brad. And and now more than ever, online shopping is is going to be the way to go here with with COVID. So, Blacks class twenty, manscape.com. Christmas present under the... And it's the gift that keeps on giving all year round. Like, the ladies, you get this for your guy, and, and then they're going to start taking care of their stuff. It, it's good for him. It's good for you. You get a Christmas present off. Uh, tell me I'm wrong on this. You're you can't.
2: You No, you can't. Nailed it. Nailed it, man. Perfect stocking stuffer. There you go. <laughs> Take that as you want it. Stop it.
1: Yeah, I know you didn't even mean to do that, but well done. Uh stocking stuffer. Yes. Manscape.com promo code last class 20. Do it. Quick sticks. Um I wanted to mention this. With long time Brad, we've been talking about how Team USA their shortcomings has always been in goal. That's what kind of separates them from competing in the box game. Well, Moose Winery drafted into the NLL. It's finally happened, Brad, and I'm not saying this guy's going to be the next uh, Dallas Eliak or or whatever, but we've been waiting and waiting and waiting. Finally, the first USA Box League goalie
2: produced, drafted in the NLL, Moose Winery. Hell of a moniker, too. Put him on the all-name team, but let me just say... Let me just say, what do they not use in that league? Wooden sticks. Wooden sticks. There you go. So they've got it figured out. They've got the hybrid rule. It's a little bit Canadian summer. It's a little bit NLL, uh, but it's a fantastic rule book. And yeah, it's, it's fantastic to see that you talk about, you know, two goalies that were, that were, that were signed this week where, you know, one from the U S and one from Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. So Things are things are changing. And for this league to be successful down the road, we have to be producing the next generation of goaltenders. I don't care where they come from, but the more that are playing in the US with a similar rule book and smaller sticks, the better, man. So let's hope that that it's a pioneer and, and opening a wave of of more to come. Amen. Um
1: we talked about the PLPA vote going down. We'll talk about that more next week. And I think we'll also talk about this next week as well because it's there's so much to this, Brad, that I I just can't lay it out in quick sticks here. I think it needs to be addressed uh, much more in depth. And that's the decision from the WLA and the BC Junior Lacrosse League to oppose the age limit change to 22 and junior and going to uh, 17-year-old minor lacrosse player as well. So lots happening. I've been talking to a few people, including people from the BCLA and governors and directors and all the rest. But it's just too much to get into right now, so we'll do that next week. I wanted to mention this. A new unbreakable shaft could be coming to the market uh, sooner than later. Taylor Lichtenberger and Nathan Murray, who attend the University of Lethbridge, won an award here, Brad. Lacrosse players who have taken their engineering degree and decided that they were going to try and create, invent a new lacrosse shaft that is virtually unbreakable. I have yet to meet a shaft that I have not been able to break uh, since I was about 10 years old, I would say. So I told these guys when it's ready, send me one, I will put it to the test, but shout out to Taylor Lichtenberger and Nathan Murray for really, they, I mean, they've taken all their education and have created and design. like, I think they might be up for like a Nobel peace prize or something after, wow, after coming up with this thing. So that's pretty them. cool. Uh, can I, uh-
2: I never broke a shaft in all my years of playing lacrosse. Yeah, I still have every shaft I've ever owned that, in my garage. So
1: that doesn't surprise me. But
2: you know, when you, when you when you don't go back and play a lot of D, yeah. and then, uh, or you cross can, and or, your shafts a little longer, or
1: have biceps. Yeah. So um, that that gold thing that you rock uh, that. Still, you still got that thing?
2: That's the gate. It's the De Beer <laughs> Gate from like 02, <laughs> so, 03. Somebody
1: get from the Warriors that's listening, get Brad Sheldon. Latner Boys, Logan, get. Brad, a new chap for his stick. He needs one. Desperately.
2: You know where to find me.
1: All right. Uh, continuing on here, Hall of Fame. I got contacted by the Canadian Lacrosse Hall of Fame. Not not for the reason I was hoping, Brad, but uh, they asked me to be a moderator. They're going to start doing like a round table hot stove sort of thing with current uh, Hall of Fame inductees. And they've asked me to moderate this thing. So I'm looking forward to this. I think they'll start uh, sometime later this month. I think the first one's coming up. Hawk, Rod Bannister, Chris Gill, I think Commissioner of the WLA Paul Del Monte will be the first uh, little group here. And we'll see how this goes. Keep an eye out for this Canadian Lacrosse Hall of Fame Hot Stove Roundtable coming up. Extreme Lacrosse League is registering players now. They are going, and I know some pros have signed up for this already. Extreme Lacrosse League. Find them on social media and uh, sign up for this. 80 spots available. I think play is going to begin in November out there at the Forum in Coquitlam. Four teams, Extreme Lacrosse League. It's going to be high-caliber lacrosse. They've gotten the green light to play, and this is going to be a lot of fun. So check that out, add Extreme Threads on their social media. Link is in the bio. Team Store, I say this every week, I'll say it again. I know you got to get going here, Brad. Uh, team Store, lacrosse-classified T-shirts, check them out. They're there. i got a couple. Brad, have you ordered yours yet? Just say yes.
2: Uh, it's on, on route.
1: Okay, on good. Route. Uh, so a couple more things here on Quick Sticks before we get out of here and on to something else. Katrina... McCurick, I'm saying that wrong. I know I, <laughs> I probably should know how to say it because this lady is literally my boss at the city of Coquitlam when, when I'm working at the rink. But Katrina, I got to get a shout out in it for here. Manager assistant coach for the U16 Team BC box girls team heading to the Canadian Summer Games next uh, summer. So congrats to her on that. Sorry, I butchered your last name. McCurick. McC- I think that's the way I say it. Last one. I saw this, Brad. I know you saw this. Patty Gregoire putting out the tweet, the Salamanca Warriors University. You see this? Outdoor box put up, two of them. And Pat Gregoire came up with the idea, Thunderbirds bandits on the campus of Salamanca University playing an outdoor
2: game, sign me up and take my money. Hundred percent. I'm I'm there with you. And we were supposed to have an outdoor game in San Diego back in February or March on the Air Force Base, and it turned out that that was one of the first places they were quarantining uh, COVID patients in the U.S. between Vancouver and San Diego. So that never happened. But I love the vision of of Steve Gubbit and Cam Holding and, and the crew down in SD that were going to make that happen because this is where that game comes from. We all grow up playing it outside. So I'd love to see an outdoor game at some point. Salamanca sure like there's no stadium there maybe that's a bubble spot maybe the players can play there with no fans and some beautiful television shots and some great camera angles with that scenery on that turf I think would be I'll just set up a tent I'll
1: camp out there at the the end of the field.
2: Pat's just got the best ideas all the time.
1: Really does thinking out loud I like it Uh, I think that's it for Quick Sticks so it's time for something else. Let's begin.
3: Wasn't that fun? Let's try something else.
1: Oh, let's try something
4: else. Hey there, Bradley. Uh, Jake, how are you? Thanks for having me on again today. Um, I was going to talk about, uh, actually I was encouraged to talk uh, by Jake about the uh, who you got uh, best fighter of all time. But uh, I thought I'd uh, just do something else a little closer to the heart. And I was just thinking about uh, what lacrosse plays, what role it plays in my life. And it's actually pretty big. Um, you know, for uh, Saturday nights, I could watch, I could comment, I could, uh, you know, yell Danny at my TV when he scores an overtime winner to uh, have the Riptide have their first win. Um, but those days aren't, they're not here right now. And it's, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's wearing on me. Um, I, I, lacrosse is one of my outlets. It's uh uh, certainly a big, big part of my life, and uh, right now it just isn't there, and uh, I just cannot wait to get uh, something going again. Um, my Friday nights in the summertime are spent uh, at the Q Center watching the Shamrocks. Uh, uh, that just isn't happening, and I, I don't even know if it's going to happen next summer. It's it's. Uh, pretty crappy um i got things going on in my life i have a nice business uh you know things are good i just uh, i miss lacrosse and i think i can speak for a lot of you i just miss it um put our masks on and get rid of this covid and uh and put some seats uh fill some seats in the uh, in the arenas and uh, let's get this um lacrosse uh, game going um anyways uh, that's my uh, something else for uh today it's uh, sunday the 4th of october take care thank you and uh, thank the sponsors to uh to the podcast as well uh without them uh, there is none so uh thank you to those guys and uh and take care good times ciao
1: something else by our friend jim else brought to you by g wilson construction gwilsonconstruction.com no social media for g wilson construction they like kind of like to keep their work private they don't want their competitors kind of seeing what they're doing and where their clients are living and all that sort of stuff but you can check them out gwilsonconstruction.com upload your resume at the work with us tab and start your career in the construction business building fine custom homes that is their single focus and uh i gotta talk to blair because he's a big seahawks fan they got it done on the weekend again four and oh for my seattle seahawks bradley love to see that who's your nfl team you got one
2: You know, it actually, not to derail it any, but I grew up, my dad was a Dolphins fan. So I grew up in a Dolphins house. Mm. And then so most of the time a Dolphins fan, it's been a disappointing decade to say the least. But then when I watched them play the Seahawks, who have kind of been my team since I've been, uh, you know, the last of the last 10 years or so. Uh, but my heart like pulls in strange directions when the Seahawks play the Dolphins. So the Dolphins put up a good fight. Yeah, they actually haven't. They haven't started terribly this year. They got a win already, so things are looking up. But yeah, yeah I'm, be- I'm between the Dolphins and the Seahawks.
1: The days of Dan Marino and Super Duper and Mark well, that's Clayton. That's we got,
2: That's that's how we got hooked back in the day.
1: Larry Zonka.
2: Um,
1: okay, so something else. You just heard it right there, Brad. Jim missing lacrosse. Uh, doesn't know what to do with his Friday nights in the summer or his Saturday nights during NLL season and just kind of imploring people to, to persevere. Let's get through this tough time, wear your mask, please. Uh, And, and let's get COVID over with so we can get back to playing some lacrosse and, and watching lacrosse inside an arena.
2: Well, and we do, we do miss it. And one thing I'll, I'll add to that. If you do miss it, it is medicine, right? So pick up the stick, go find a wall, go to the box and that'll make you feel a hundred percent better. Even though if we're not going to playing the game right now or watching the game, sorry. Um, you can still go play and play catch with somebody and feel therapeutic, feel the connection. It is very therapeutic. Absolutely. Medicine. Experience that.
1: Firsthand last night uh, with the boys down there at Gates Park, so that was good. And hang in there, Jimmer. I know uh, you're missing it. We're missing it. The fans are missing it. And uh, we'll we'll get back. We just gotta hang in there, man. Like here in different things, right? We're here in March. We're here in April. We're here in June. Who really knows? But uh, do your part. Wash your hands. Keep your physical distance. Don't breathe on people. Wear your mask. Wash your hands. Keep your distance. Like, honestly, when I think about these things, and not to get off track here, Brad, but like, I, I honestly don't think it's all that bad of a way just to live your life, whether there's a pandemic or not. Like, don't invade strangers' personal space. Wash your hands. Like, like, how difficult is this?
2: It's going to be normal for the rest of our lives now, whatever this, whenever we're allowed to get back out and, you know, do things and get back to a semblance of normal, we're going to forever now be trained to wash our hands and, you know, wear a mask at the grocery store and and stay away from people and don't hug up on people in lineups like it's gonna be changed for the just better Just respect so
1: people's it. personal space i think like, like that's not a that's not a tough ass to do so um shout out to all the frontline workers again here that are continuing to, to fight this pandemic and this virus and and just have been blogging crazy hours and and doing crazy work to to help keep most of us safe so i know we got a lot listening firefighters policemen doctors nurses care aides, you name it uh thank you from here from from us at Lacrosse Classified. And thanks to Jim Else for another edition of Something Else here on episode one hundred. He will be back for episode one oh one. We are gonna take one more break, Brad. We're going to overtime and it's the final. We gotta figure out what we're doing after this. It's the final of the best lacrosse fighter of all time. The two combatants are set. We're we'll preview this fight next here on the lacrosse flash podcast network
4: hey this is joel mccready from the
2: vancouver warriors you're listening to lacrosse classified growing the game one podcast at a time and now it's time for who you got
1: No more breaks on episode 100. I know it was uh, another long episode here, but I uh, expected that for episode 100 and, and having John Grant Jr. on the program. I wasn't going to cut that one short. J. Kelly, Brad Challenger with you. Into overtime we go, and it's time for another round of Who You Got. Presented by Stampy Tack and Western Wear. I told you about that promo code. They're working until October The 18th, you spend $100 or more online at stampede.ca, where shopping online is still shopping local. Use the promo code LAXCLASS and save yourself $25. Do it. Stampede.ca, where shopping online is still shopping local. Out there in Cloverdale since 1966, Highway 10. In Cloverdale, uh, big thanks to Kevin Michael Winkler and the gang. They're at Stampede Tack and Western Wear. For their continued support, check them out, stampede.ca. Brad, the final is set. I said last week we are going to do a giveaway here for the final of the best lacrosse fighter of all time tournament. Last week I got a little mail package from uh, NLL head office, a t-shirt and a hat from the 2020 draft. T shirts are large. I am not a large, so I'm going to give this t shirt away along with the official 2020 NLL draft hat. And how I'm going to do this so the final is set Rory Smith against Scotty McMichael. Here is how you win predict the winner, predict the percentage of how far, or the percentage of how they won, and closest to the amount of votes, total votes, that the fight gets. Are you with me on this? I'm with you. Winner, the percentage of how they won, and the total amount of votes on the fight. Now, let me say this. Most of the fights have gotten somewhere between, I want to say, 150 and about 225 votes. When a player from Brooklyn is involved things (laughs) change. Now when you add in Mimico to the equation things are going to change even more. So think of it as Mimico going up against Oshawa or Brooklyn or Whitby or whatever you want to call it. Durham region and these two fan bases are going to vote on this fight. So if I'm handicapping this, Brad, I just want to give a little tip to the listeners here. I would expect this fight to be pretty close, for one. I'm thinking like in the 50, 60 percentage for the winner. And I'm thinking around four to 500 votes is going to get the, get the job done here. So when you're voting, pick your winner. Pick the percentage they're going to win by and the total amount of votes. And I'm gonna do it without going over. So you have to be under the total. That is gonna help my tiebreaker scenario because I am no mathematician. I know you are not either. But that's so you can't go over. So whoever is closest to without going over will win this prize. I will pay for the postage and mail this sucker out.
2: And how are we? How are we getting our votes in? Just tagging at Lox Class on Twitter.
1: At Lax Class on Twitter, that's where the vote's are going to be, the official vote count. I'm not going to do it through email or anything else, so it's nice, simple. If you don't have a Twitter account, create one. It's Pretty simple. Got an email address, download the app, sign up, go to Lax Class, vote, and have a chance to win a T-shirt and hat from the National Lacrosse League 2020 entry draft. Pretty I'll simple. I'll make
2: it easy for you. I'll make it easy for you. Scotty McMichael. Okay. By four percent. Okay, but give me the percentage. Give me the percentage. votes. Four percent. No, I'm but, but say look, Scotty make Michael wins fifty-five to fifty. Fifty-five percent. No, that'll be ten percent difference, right? You're looking for a ten percent margin of victory.
1: No, so like, so when a person wins, so like Rory Smith just won. He had fifty-two percent of the vote.
2: Okay, you made it sound like you wanted the differential. How much is no, the no, person no, no. going to win by? No, no, just
1: the vote. Give me the percentage of what okay, they win Okay,
2: give me, give me Scotty McMichael
1: for 54% of 54% Scotty McMichael, 444 votes, you say? All right, so just, I think, man, they get behind their guys here. Like, I just don't know. Like, they won the, the greatest team of all time, the Oshawa Gales. They showed up in the vote big time. So I just don't know. If, if Rory is going to have the backing here. So I'm going to go Scotty 2. I'm going to go 58%, and I'm going to go 561 votes. So now there you go. So th- those are our two picks. Now you go to Lax Class, make your vote, and uh, how are we going to do this? They're going to have to, yeah, just just tweet at us, right? Just tweet at us, votes, winner, percentage. That's how we're gonna do this. You good? Mm-hmm. All right. Sounds I think we. Me. Yeah. Sign me up. Okay. I think we. So that's how we'll do that. And I think we're done. And then we gotta we gotta figure out what we're doing next week, man. Because uh, our fight tournament's gonna be over, and we gotta we gotta fill some content up here, man. So start uh, spinning your wheels as far as ideas go. Okay.
2: Sounds like a plan. All right, a man. Storm.
1: Big thank you to Evan Schemenauer and, of course, John Grant Jr. for coming on the program this week. That was excellent for episode 100. A big thank you to our sponsors, of course, Stampede TAC, Vancouver Warriors, Associate Labels and Packaging, Manscaped, and G. Wilson Construction.com. To you, the loyal listener, for checking out Lats Class every single Tuesday right here on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. Don't for- forget, subscribe. To the podcast, you can follow Brad Challoner at Brad Chal. You can follow me at PXB for Sports. The show is at Lax Class, at Lacrosse Classified on the Instagram. And failing all that, you can reach us at lacrosseclassified at gmail.com if you want to go the email route as well we come out every tuesday noon pacific we'll be back next tuesday with episode number 101 thanks for listening to episode number 100 for brad schellner i've been jake elliott and for the fastest game on two feet and for the creator stay safe and stay healthy everybody